Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Back to Basics, our wonderful, super fun hit podcast slash video series where we talk about that most exciting thing in all the world, the friggin' Bible. Yay. Uh, and what's more, we talk about it in ways where we're ripping it apart and looking at the insides of it, like, you know, kind of Hannibal Lecter, but for scripture passages. So we're going to have fun doing that in a way that's not at all reverent. Um, and yeah, it's going to be fun. So for those of you who are just jumping in on what episode 22 of a video series, first off, why? Um, that's, I that's... dare you to introduce yourself this time without running yourself down. <laughs> I fail. Um, what are you teaching your flock? What am I teaching my flock? How to read the Bible? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. About how to, oh, for God's sake, <laughs> about how to... Uh, Anywho, for those of you who are uh, waiting for Courtney to finish running me down for me, my name is Pastor Don. I am the Donniest of all Don Pastors, and that is who I am, also known as Pastor Kuma on Discord and in various other places online. And joining me is everybody's favorite Courtney. Hello. <laughs> Woo. So today, we are going to be diving into the 16th chapter of the book of Genesis. For the next little bit, we're going to be pretty much going at a chapter a tick. And even though these are some reasonably serious chapters, we're going to take a bit of a shift in how we approach them. Um, because we're at a point in the Bible now where the linguistic analysis, like the word-by-word -word checks and things like that, aren't really going to do us a whole lot of good. Like, there mm -hmm. is translational drift, of course. But it doesn't make that big of a difference. There's not a lot of big holes in terms of like the old school languages and structure stuff. A lot of what we're going to want to focus on now is going to have to do with how we understand it, how we interpret it, and what's like going on, historical and cultural background type stuff. Um, so like this chunk of Genesis, not a lot in the language textbooks about it, not a lot in the historical context books that isn't already said. Uh, pretty much every commentary well major not not verse by verse commentary of course but every every major general commentary kind of skips ahead from last chapter right up to the uh, the binding of isaac so this stretch here isn't talked about in a, a historical archaeological context as much so we're not going to do as much of that instead we're going to do it like an old school bible study we're going to read it we're going to talk about it and then we're going to make jokes about it we're going to stare meaningfully at conservative Christians in a very determined sort of way. And then we're going to continue making jokes until we finish recording. And that's pretty much going to be it. Um, so uh, without any further ado, shall we read Genesis chapter 16? Why not? It is what we're here for. Hey, yeah, we probably should do that at some point. Do you want to read it or do you want me to? Yeah, I can read it. All right, rock it out. Hey, I'm assuming. Like yeah, after rock out with your flock out. Let's go. <laughs> the birth of Ishmael. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bore him no children. She had an Egyptian slave whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, you see that the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my slave. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her slave, and gave her to her husband Abram as a wife. He went into Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, 
May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my slave to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, your slave is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she ran away from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am running away from my mistress, mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will so greatly multiply your offspring that they cannot be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, now you have conceived and shall bear a son. You shall call him Ishmael, for the Lord has given heed to your affliction. He shall be a wild ass of a man with his giant or with his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he shall live at odds with all his kin. So she named the Lord who spoke to her. You are El Roi. For she said, have I really seen God and remained alive after seeing him? Therefore, the well was called Bear Lahai Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. And then it looks like it. Oh, Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. All right. So there. I have are... thoughts. What? I said, I have thoughts. I'm imagining that you probably do have thoughts because there's a there's a lot uh going on here uh first off um they did they, they they seriously like when they pieced out of egypt like take slaves from them with them yeah like remember slaves were property in those days yeah slaves slavery was a like yeah. a fairly constant thing at that point so um like first off um there is a recurring theme leading up to exodus of israelite guy goes into egypt and bad things happen as a result yeah um, which is in a very hilarious way being repeated in this passage they, they um, did phrase it that way is like going into her which i'm like that is yeah, it's, the it's, most like sex phobic way of describing intercourse i can imagine you know i i said i wasn't going to do a linguistic analysis but now that you said that i probably should look it up um, well, while you're doing that you want me to complain about something else sure um all right cool uh again as, as long as we're uh needlessly picking at linguistics and we said we weren't going to um seven through eleven um i feel like an editor would dub this repetitive <laughs> in sentence structure um with it, i'm assuming this is a uh that seven through eleven being or yeah. let's see the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I uh, hereby name thee Cotton Eye Joe. Um, yeah. But, and, and then nine starts, the angel of the Lord said to her. Ten starts, the angel of the Lord said to her. Eleven starts, and the angel of the Lord said to her. And I'm just like, is this just emphasis like on a cultural basis or it, it, it's a it's a cultural emphatic it's also like a, a structure or is it what we were talking about about later later editing and like oh we'll just slide this in here yeah no it's not a later editing thing it's actually not nearly as meaningful as you're crediting it to like okay um 
to give it's you just an English idea. critique, which I specialize at. Well, no, to give you an idea, I'm like I'll pop since I'm here now, I'll pop one of the verses out here. Uh, it's basically when starting with the Hebrew, the Hebrew term Vayomer, which is basically uh, and then said somebody. Uh, but that's basically the Hebrew version of quotation marks when it comes to shit like this. Oh, that makes sense. So we translate them as words because they are words in the original text, but like they weren't used the way we use words now. They were used the way we use quotation marks now. So like, and he said this, 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 just the way they spoke because they didn't, they hadn't invented quotation marks yet. Those are still a couple thousand years out. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. Now that we're uh, kind of skiffing some of the that out of the way. Yeah. So um well I've got well I've got you here. Okay. Um now that I have my, my Hebrew text in in front of me, let's um bring it up. Go sleep with my okay. The NIV says sleep with my slave. Um I more said I um he don't mind him he's just gazing at, at a book making fantastic faces and muttering in like hebrew or something oh I, I found the verb for it's fascinating for people on the podcast and i'm sure yeah <laughs> um by the way if you're looking for a brand new slang term the hebrew term used for go into here is bow just bow go bow my slave um and <laughs> the biblical usage outline is kind of hilarious um strong's definition primitive root to go or come in a wide variety of applications abide apply attain to befall besiege <laughs> like this goes all over the place to eat is also in there. <laughs> like, there's there's some spanish verbs that are like this yeah, this is one of those verbs that's just all over the place uh, in terms of what it can be used for. So they just went with like a very vague translation that also gets the point across. Yeah. Like if I were translating this into English, I would probably translate it as do my slave because like that's both as vague and suggestive as this is getting at. Like... It's, it's worth knowing that she's dealing with a very clear social implication here, but the word itself is not literally translatable as take out your boy parts and get to the working. Like, that, that's not, she's not being yeah. that specific. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've actually heard this, this end of the story quite a few times back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't something we really skipped over. Um, and I get the, oh, you know, well, I can't conceive. Maybe this is how we, we make God's plan happen. Like, I get that. Like I've, I've heard that in, in sermons and it does make a lot of sense. And it's, it's worth thinking about, you know, sometimes when we take what we think is God's plan into our own hands, we don't really see the whole picture and we just go completely off the rails. Um, but, uh, where where does Sarai get off being like, oh, this is on you? This Have you Sarai ever did. met an entitled white woman before? Like, come on, like Sarai. Jewish. Yes, she's Jewish, but she's got some severe entitled white woman energy throughout the whole passage. Like, it's Sarai apparently translates to Karen. I didn't realize that, but so be it. <laughs> You're making people mad. I know it. That's now people have to be listening. 
people that have to be listening to get mad if you know somebody who will get pissed off about this please send them a link yeah <laughs> please do send it by email too i like pissing people off occupational hazard you wouldn't think so but believe it or not it really is um mm-hmm. so anyway like it is worth looking too at the the sequence of events because we're following on from the covenant where God has promised Abram descendants upon descendants upon descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. Um, and her first move is, well, we haven't had any kids by me. So clearly that's not happening. So have a slave instead, since God's doing this. The first thing that's happening is Sarai is saying, I'm taking this out of God's hands and I'm, I am making a decision about how God's plan is to proceed. Like, so that's step one here. No. Can I can I can I put something in at this point? Sure. Um. No <laughs> yeah, but um, like, I know there's a lot of crazy directions to be taken from the you know pray as if it's all up to God and work as if it's all up to you sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I I have long felt there was there was something at least to that. Like you can't just sit back and pray for you know like justice for the oppressed and then not lift a finger to help them. Yeah. No. So, like, I get the idea of, oh, you know, God has said that there's a plan for us. You know, why don't we, you know, get creative and try and work on that plan? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. However, and this is, this is like, as with all things, there are, there are multiple sides to it. In the case of Sarai, we're not talking about someone who has been attempting to fulfill God's promise for a long time and is trying to explore the way in which you can be a part of that. Like, God made his promise like a verse and a half ago. And there's no indication that really much of any time has passed. And she has gone from uh, a position of... Didn't it say they'd been there for 10 years? Where do you see that? Um, uh, so after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her slave, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as a wife. Yeah, after had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, but they also, this is like just coming after the last passage. I guess, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I don't know. But the sequencing, regardless. Um, I'll leave, I'll skip past that. The, what I'm, what I would really then focus on is um, the actual motion for Sarai. She went from sold as a sex slave to promised descendants by her husband to giving her slave as a sex slave to her husband. Like there's a sequence. Oh, there, there's clearly problematicness to this, but I'm saying just the whole "oh, let's take God's plan into our own hands" thing. I'm, I, I guess I'm. That's what I'm getting at. I'm not understanding whether that's meant to. Are you saying that's biblical or not? To you know, attempt to execute uh, God's plan as we know it. Yes, but with it's touchy with discernment, patience, and in you know, in keeping with God and God's commandments. Here we have Sarai kind of acting independent. Like, at no point does she say, Abram, what, what do you think? Do you think God's really following through on this? How do you think God's going to fit? There's, there's no account of a conversation between the two, and there's no account of, um, like, a discernment process. There's no account of them praying together. It's just, all right, here's a slave, man. Do your thing. Like, she went, she went zero to sex slave like that. And 
you know, given what she's been through, it's a weird choice. But also, like, she skips over all the discernment process. She skips over all the, the, the thinking and the praying and the focusing and the meditating that we're all supposed to do before taking action in the name of God. Because doing something in the name of God or on behalf of God is a very easy thing to screw up, which in a very literal way, she does. Um, and if you thought you were going to get through this passage without me making a litany of wildly inappropriate jokes, you are watching the wrong video series. Yeah. Um, so then, mm. I mean, there is that piece. Like, as with all things, and we talked about this on the as yet unreleased but will be soon released episode of uh, Untitled, sometimes it's gray areas, man. Like, gray areas all the way down. Like, yeah, absolutely. Taking God's work into your hands, being an involved participant of it is a huge part of it. But in this case, like, no, not like that. All right. Uh, let's take a sharp left turn here. Verse 12, he shall be a wild ass of a man. Yeah. Um, I can tell you. I just, I just enjoy reading, reading words like that. And it's, it's the Bible. So it's. Yeah, first off, like, it's, it's worth noting that wild donkey of a man is a, a very different expression in ancient Hebrew than wild ass of a man is in English. Um, did you freeze? Oh, no, you didn't. no, no, I didn't freeze. I was checking the baby. Yeah, no, so, so, like, linguistically, we're dealing with something that is linguistically and culturally very different. Uh, that said, um, this will play into later understandings about Ishmael personally and things like that but also like God, i hate to say it, this lays the groundwork for the next phase of racist looking for a biblical explanation for black people um we've hit that a couple times first it was the mark of Cain, then it was um when all I had, the descendants of ham uh then the ishmaelites are often said to be either the descendants of the muslims or the or the, the, or the descendants that became muslims or the the, the original antecedents of black people there's always another one where we come into where they're like, oh, hey, this is a totally different tribe. And they said they're going to be something terrible. So that must mean insert group I hate here. This is the yeah. next stop on that train. Um, if, if you thought we'd seen the end of that, you're dead wrong. Because I would like to get off the racist express. <laughs> yeah, I did not I'm ask sorry, for this. You're on the wrong planet for that one. Um, yeah. So as to what that's eventually going to mean in the end, I'm going to say a, uh, I'm not a huge expert on Ishmael, so I'm going to not dip into that too much, but also like we're going to be talking about Ishmael a lot more as this goes on. We're going to see how that plays out. So uh, I'm just going to put on my best river song impression and say spoilers and just wait for that one to, to manifest in future videos. I want to be like, so when, <laughs> so we're going to talk a lot about Ishmael later. I want to be like, so when does the whale come into it? But the whale does come into it later. <laughs> Now you have conceived and shall bear a son. You shall call him Ishmael because that's what they told you to do in Moby Dick. So, yeah. All right. What else have we got here? Um, like I, in my experience, and I find it interesting that, and I've talked with a few conservatives about this, is that the conservative and the progressive take different points from this. The con every conservative I've ever talked to has taken the end path of Hagar's journey in this chapter to mean, go back and submit to your worldly authority. Like you can't run away from worldly authority, even if you don't like it. 
you know, come, come on, you boring little millennial, you can't pretend that you don't need to be part of a capitalistic system, go back and submit to your boss and work yourself to death. Um, you know, I've heard that again and 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 again forever. Uh, but like every progressive I've ever talked to has looked at this to say that is a compromise because the path leads through there. That's not a requisite decree for everybody. Because in the same what? breath, the angel of the Lord also says, Oh, by the way, that same full covenant that I offered to Abram, also I'm giving it to you. You get your own separate covenant just for you and your descendants, uh, which is kind of a big deal. Legal contract between you and the Lord. Abram got one. You get one too. You get a covenant. You get a covenant. You get a car because I don't like you. Everyone gets a covenant. You know, and that's kind of what's going on here. And so there is an inclusivity that's happening here where God is highlighting the victim. And Hagar is a victim. Like she's been sexually assaulted, really. Like she was sexually enslaved. She's been given this property. She's been forcibly impregnant. She's been beaten up by Sarai, who, <clears throat> like a typical friggin' Karen, asked for a thing to happen, then got pissed when that thing happened, and then beat someone up unrelated who wasn't involved in. Like Hagar is nine ways from Sunday a victim. Yeah. And we have to acknowledge that. And we have to acknowledge the fact that God's primary focus here is delivering untold blessing to a victim. Now, at this point in the story, God has always been about the main characters, right? Like, consider the narrative structure of all the stories we've talked to so far. There's a main character, maybe a second main character, a supporting cast. And God only ever talks to the main character. Adam, Eve, Cain and Abel, um, Noah. Like, God's interactions are always limited to the, the main character of the story. And here, throughout the whole Abram story to date, Abram has been the one talking to God, which in an ancient patriarchal society kind of makes sense, right? Hmm. Then all of a sudden, Hagar's like getting her ass kicked by Sarai, goes off into the wilderness, and God's like, hey, female slave, um, angel of the Lord is appearing to you. When you think about that, that's a pretty big upset, narratively speaking, for a text as old as this yeah like to suddenly for god to suddenly say you know what screw you abram you hold on for a minute i'm going to talk to your abused female slave for a minute i'm going to give her the same i gave to you that's pretty cool it's very cool and we like to talk about the submission of hagar when we should be talking about the highlighting action of god in turning on to the voiceless and abused because that's what's really happening. Because when she returns to submit to her mistress, she's no longer returning as an abused slave. She's a, returning as a, an abused, victimized slave who is now a direct recipient of the promise of God on an equal level to the patriarch. Whether they believe her or not, notwithstanding, like her status with God has vastly changed in this moment yeah and so if i if i can have us take anything away from this passage it would be that that's how god actually works know. anything else you wanted to poke at me or do we want to <coughs> no, no i i think we, i think we've gone through this one and i think we have a tendency to just go absolutely ape on these anyway yeah so. 
but I think we've got a nice tight episode here. Um, you know, just really nice, well-contained, and I think got the gist of it. Um, you know, I, I remember as a kid just kind of laughing because I was like, dating myself, but I was a huge Jetsons fan. Um, so I laughed at the fact that Hagar named God Elroy. Um, this blew me out of the water as a five-year-old. Uh, it is admittedly less amusing now that I'm old and no one knows what the Jetsons are anymore, but I'm still going to put it out there because I'm old and I find it amusing. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, all right. So why don't we go ahead and call it for this episode? We've got this one in the bag. We've got all of our links down below. The Discord server is where we are doing the things. If you watched all the way to this point and you are still not on the Discord server, just what are you doing? Go down there, click the link, click the button, come on the server and talk to me. We want to see you. We want to have conversations, do the thing. Uh, also, most importantly, uh, I'm going to kick it to my dear friend here for our usual promotional request of... Like share comment and subscribe if you ring that bell to get notifications when we release a new video Ooh. god i just want to get that like I, I love the fact that you constantly do that for us it, it, it just warms the cockles why of because it amuses me um but most importantly you know what i'd like to do I would, I would like to get a like a siri version of the majel barrett roddenberry voice from star trek and just every time we get there just have her shoot that up you know, I know it's geeky, but it would amuse me to no end. You no, know, that, that'd be pretty fantastic, honestly. Yeah. honestly oh, I, or or what about like uh like Edie from Mass Effect? That'd be a good one too. That's what Edie from Mass Effect, that's what Trisha Hefler, isn't it? I I don't know her voice actors, honestly. I'm I'm very good at being her. like, oh, that's so and so from such and such, unless it's like a really well established <laughs> We'll even then have the time anime well, for a second. We're going way off the rails here. This we're is. going way off the rails here, but as a side note, Trisha Heffler was the uh, the the blonde chick from Battlestar Galactica. So, like, fairly well known in sci-fi circles for a very particular reason, but actually very good in a lot of other respects too. Um, anywho, uh, like, share, subscribe. Links down below. Uh, if you have any questions, reach out to us, please. We are always happy to talk to you. We're thinking about you. We're praying for you. We hope you have a great week and we will see you on the next absolutely killer or not episode of Back to Basics. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Bye.